We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Pacer Nation, welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. And tonight we got to see the very first regular season game of the Indiana Pacers, Fachi. Uh, a pretty interesting game. We got a lot of talking points on that, but where do you want to start with this? I think we got to start from the beginning because look, everybody had that mentality. Hey, here we go. The starting five. Let's see what we got. Oh, not quite yet. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Miles Turner in warmups, I believe he slipped on a ball boy's foot. From what I've read, rolls his ankle. He does not play. I mean, definitely a surprise, especially happening two hours before tip-off. Well, and here's the thing, Fudge. Like, we know Miles is coming back from a foot injury. He's had foot injuries his entire career, okay? It's pretty much the only thing that's kept him out of game. So uh, I believe it was Jake Fisher who said that he had got, like, an official report and uh, there was someone else that had a report basically saying that they saw Miles was visibly frustrated with the situation. So, like, obviously, it wasn't intentional. Miles, you know, they weren't sitting Miles to try to tank the game. Like, let's just be honest and call it what it is. They weren't doing that. But what I will say is it does make me a little bit concerned if if his feet are going to be this fragile. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just like in a, in a dumb warm-up. Like, what what the heck, man? I know exactly what you mean. Look, there's going to be the other side that's like, I mean, a guy can't control if he gets hurt. I get it. But some players are a bit more injury prone than others. And I know it's a freak accident. It, it could have happened to anybody. But it's just that all offseason we emphasize that Turner's got to stay healthy if he wants to really be able to get that contract. Night one out with an injury. I mean, I don't know how long it's going to be. We haven't gotten that type of report. It's just 
really rough luck right to start the season. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, you feel bad for the guy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's it's a bummer for Miles. I mean, the fact that he's really trying to prove himself, like, while his future is still pretty murky and it doesn't feel like it's going to be here long-term in Indiana, you know, you can never rule anything out, but it just feels like, you know, this is like he's going through the motions to a certain degree until he's on his next team or finds a new destination in the offseason or resigns here until he knows what he has in front of him, like, this is a big year for him, so I, I can understand why he's frustrated. And I'll say this: it definitely looked like the Pacers missed him tonight. You know, I'm not I'm not going to get out there and say, "Oh, we win the game if he plays," because you know it, it's hard to tell and predict that. But I will say he would have made a a difference in terms of who would have played at what at what spots and that kind of thing. So a very competitive, close game towards the end there, Fachi. Uh, it felt like the Pacers were always trying to crawl out of a hole, and every time they'd get back within it, they'd give the lead back up to the to the Wizards. You know, like go on a run, cut it to two or three, cut it to one at one point, then then the Wizards would just go back up. So I mean, I think Miles definitely would have helped in that situation in terms of just like being that defensive presence. But you know, just a bummer for him and, and a bummer for the team trying to get everything going right, especially in this rebuild of the season. I'll just flat out say it. We do win this game at Miles Turner. I mean, a simple thing points in the paint. 58 to 34. The Pacers were getting bullied down low. They really were. Look, it's not like Miles is this, you know, rebounding menace, but the Pacers were out rebounded by 10 in this game. At times, the Wizards' size just looked far too much for the Pacers. And Jalen Smith got an early foul trouble. Really felt like that kind of dictated his night. Only plays 22 minutes, but not really that many minutes in the first half. I want to say it might have been around six. It really wasn't much, but uh, I know his end numbers, Jalen Smith ended up with 16 and eight, but it was a really quiet first half for Jalen Smith. And I really felt like that's when the Pacers needed Miles Turner out there in the beginning because you saw Goga come in in the first half at nearly the eight-minute mark. And you got to get the idea that that was not planned. Well, I mean, come on now. <laughs> I mean, it is what None it of is. Planned. I, I no. will say this. I'm going to give Jalen Smith the benefit of the doubt for this game specifically. He's been playing at the four all preseason long, all training camp. And then all of a sudden, like they could have just played Goga at the five and started him, right? Yeah. Like they could have done that. They could have started Isaiah Jackson, played him at the five. But no, they went ahead and did what I think they're going to do if they do make a Turner trade is start Terry Taylor. Um, you know, Terry only played 24 minutes. Terry does a little things well. Um, he's a good rebounder, but he only had two rebounds tonight. So, you know, I, I just feel like this made the most sense. You keep Isaiah Jackson in his natural position at that center. Jalen Smith is probably more a five than he is a four, in my opinion. But, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're getting a chance to see it. But, yeah, I mean, Jalen got in foul trouble early, Flatchy. But, you know, in the second half, he really didn't have that problem. So no, he only finished with two fouls. And, had a, had a decent game, not great from downtown, only one of six, but 16 points, eight rebounds. You could tell he settled into that position more as the game progressed. And I think that's one thing you're going to see with these young players getting thrown into different situations throughout the year. Wow, okay, I was supposed to play the four, now I'm playing the five. What's the difference? I'm going up against someone a little bit tougher, bigger than me, that kind of thing, more bulky as a center. How do I adjust my game? Well, Here's how you're going to have to do it, and I'm not trying to overanalyze everything, but okay, it's going to be rough at first. Might get in foul trouble, might out of position, but as the game goes on, I'm starting to read the game and figure it out, and I think that is something we're going to see in a, in a year of development. 
Yeah, look, definitely a, a big year for Jalen Smith, you know, being trusted with more than he's ever been trusted before from day one. So he'll have to adjust. Um, but, you know, a couple different things. Look, I know it's easy to dwell on some of the negatives, but one, it was really cool to see a guy like Terry Taylor get the start on opening night. No one was expecting that. Then also, I mean, maybe we buried the lead a little bit, but man, Benedict Matherin, Alex, there was a point where all of a sudden I thought, Maybe you aren't crazy. Maybe he is going off for 30 because Matherin had it cooking early. He had 10 points in his first seven minutes. I mean, in the beginning of the game, Matherin gets in and immediately darts right towards the hoop, banks it in, and gets his first basket in what felt like three seconds of playing time. This man is not afraid of anyone or any shot. Yeah, I definitely think that Matherin played well to start the game off with and then you know, in the second half, didn't really get cooked until the end of the fourth quarter. There was one time when he kind of took a shot off of a rebound, and I think he missed it but got fouled. And Buddy Hill came up and told him, hey, kick it out here to Neesmith. He was wide open. And it's just always funny to me. Like, I, I appreciate Buddy being in the vet and telling him where to kick the ball out to, but it's just funny seeing Buddy Hill tell someone to pass the ball. Oh, of course. <laughs> you know, like, Buddy comes down the court, like, I think two plays later, it, like, dribbles right into, like, the free throw line area and puts a jump shot. I think it was over Kuzma. It just gets swatted. I'm like, okay, buddy. Yep. Like, I'm sorry, but it's like, you can't be telling the rook this and then doing the same exact thing two plays later. But, you know, I'm not going to over, uh, overanalyze that point, but it was just funny to me. I'll say this. I think that Benedict Matherin, the way that he closed out that fourth quarter, oh Fachi, kind of sleeping, but he, you know, he hits that big three there, right? To cut the lead, I think it was yep. from what ten to it was a five cut, cut to down three. five at cut one point. Five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he hit that three and he kind of stepped into it, did it did it remind you at all a little bit about Victor Oladipo? Yeah, I could I could see that. I could see that. Oh, man, I was, I was getting I was getting Oladipo vibes when he took that shot. He made it just because there's been like there was comparisons to to Oladipo and Matherin in terms of their body size and their build. We talked about mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade a little bit. Um, I've also heard people compare him to Anthony Edwards. Of the Eastern Conference, like his athleticism, that. stuff like that. But that three-point shot that he hit definitely gave me vibes of Victor back in 17-18 when he would just stop on the dime and hit it. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what I liked. I like seeing Mather and not afraid of the moment. I, I loved it. And I, I tried to write down the sequence. Mather nails the three to cut it a five, then gets another attempt at a three. Misses it, but the Pacers are able to come up with a steal. Matherin has the ball. The Pacers end up getting the ball back. Matherin ends up getting fouled, makes the basket, misses the free throw, but all of a sudden the Pacers are within three at this point. I mean, it was it felt like anything could happen. And then Tyrese Halliburton actually gets a great look to tie it up at 110 apiece. Unfortunately, it doesn't go in. The Pacers, we got to give them credit here because, Alex, they rallied from eight down to mm. cut it to hey if Halliburton hits this we're all tied up <laughs> with like 30 seconds to go I mean I wrote the team off at one point saying oof this is ugly you and I were like oh man this, this could be a long year and now all of a sudden we nearly tied it up at the game almost stole one so it was a lot of fun yes it resulted in an L but I mean look if you're gonna map out a season that's not gonna go the Pacers way at least this was one where you saw some fight from them at the end no, I think the, the reverse layup that Matherin had on the end one was, was beautiful. Nice. Uh, that was super athletic. Like, I couldn't believe he got the shot <laughs> up in the basket. Like, 
you're like, this is a rookie? Are we sure? Uh, missing the free throws was big, obviously. He missed three in, in clutch time, and I think Jalen Smith missed two in clutch time as well. So you just look at it, you're like, man, just think about those points that left on the board there that could have really changed it. But, you know, you said we might have buried the lead with Benedict Mather, and I, I think that actually the story of the game to me, Faji, was Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, you, you, we can be excited for Mather because he's a rookie, but Halliburton is a face of the franchise, and thank God, Fachi, he led the team in field goal attempts. 10 of 18, 3 of 6 from 3, so 50% from there, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, so 100% there, 7 assists, Fachi, 26 points. This is what we want to see from our guy. Look, he said he wanted to be a 20 and 10 guy. Well, he got the 7, but I thought overall, he looked like a really dominant player in this game. He looked like the best player on the Pacers by far. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we, we took the loss. I get it. He had a chance to make that game tying three. And I would have loved to have seen him hit that for his confidence to get even bigger and broader, right? But I just feel like while Matherin is a really fun story to talk about, to me, this is this was Halliburton's, you know, look at me, I'm the face of the franchise kind of come out party game in the opener, and I think this is what I want to see from him more often. Now, Alex, you're completely right. I've noticed it lately is, like, there's so much going on, and there's so much now increased stock in Benedict Matherin that Tyrese Halliburton, who's the talk of the town, does feel like he's getting minorly slept on here. This man drops 26 on efficient shooting, just like you mentioned. I think this year, if this game was telling of what's going to happen in the year, the Pacers are going to have to lean on Tyrese offensively far more than they planned on because at one point, I mean, he scored even the first eight of the Pacers. Uh, he had eight of the first 11 points for the Pacers, and it just showed that, hey, this was a night that not a lot of shots were going in, but he had it going. So right over here, you mentioned seven assists. Before Isaiah Jackson flushed one with about 30 seconds ago in the first half, Tyrese only had one assist mm -hmm. at that point. So I was thinking, like, Man, who would have predicted Tyrese having 17 points and one assist at that point? But, hey, look, when, when called upon, he was ready tonight. I know that shot didn't go in at the end, but that was really the only knock that you could have had on this on this performance from tonight because he looked, he looked great. No, and I, that's, that's what I like to see, though, because, you know, it, it's funny because I catch myself watching Mather and almost getting tunnel vision when he's on the court, like, me too. I'm glued into seeing what he's doing because I'm fascinated by it. But when I start watching Halliburton, he had a beautiful, you know, pick and roll with Jalen Smith, right? And uh, he just made a beautiful pass. You didn't even realize that. It, I mean, you knew it was coming if you were watching from on your TV, but like the window that he got it through was beautiful. Um, I will say this, and I don't want to be too negative about Isaiah Jackson, but my man, he has got to start learning how to set good screens. Yeah. Uh, He's always ready to dive to the basket, and sometimes he doesn't wait for the contact to come, which doesn't allow Halliburton to get freed. It didn't happen a lot. There's a couple times where I saw it. I'm like, good grief. You know, I, I Jax, this is uh, – <laughs> you got to be a better screener. But, no, I, I just love that Halliburton was aggressively looking for a shot, Fudge, and I think that's something he's talked about. Like, I think when we have – who do we have? Was it Alex Kennedy that I interviewed, and he was talking about uh, – it might have been even Matt, uh, uh, excuse me, Halliburton when we were talking to him – wanting to get like 14 shot attempts a night, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So yep. for him to get four more than that, that's big for him. Now, I wonder how much the game plan changed without Miles because, you know, he's probably your second best player in that starting lineup. 
and maybe your second best player on your team. So you definitely were missing Miles Turner out there on the floor and, and how he would have impacted the game. But, you know, overall, I think Halliburton was really solid in his minutes. And then uh, let's just kind of go back to another starter here that we've talked a little, you know, glowingly about in the preseason, but someone that kind of struggled tonight, and that was Chris Duarte Pachi. Alex, it was tough. Very quiet game. It, it it was tough. I mean, I don't know if Chris Duarte is, is dressing up for Halloween, but that man had his ghost costume on at night. I mean, <laughs> he was he was non-existent at times. Just one shot in the first half, finishes the game with three shot attempts, plays 19 minutes, the fewest of all starters. Like, I know at one point he did get busted in the face, actually drew some blood, yeah. but that was that was later in the game, and, and he had already not been doing much. So just a rough overall night for Duarte. I just felt like he really got lost in the shuffle tonight. I mean, his three shot attempts, it's it's the, the second fewest in the team, only ahead of Goga. So right over there, I mean, that's not <laughs> where you want him to be. And, I mean, look, I know it's just one game, but with what we saw out of Matherin and how aggressive he looked and how we saw Duarte not looking aggressive, I feel like it's going to be one of those where that storyline is going to start. And, you know, it might have already started tonight. Well, well let, me, let me put it this way for you. While I think three attempts from Duarte is pretty low for what I expect from him, you, you got to look at Buddy Hill had 16, Halliburton had 18, and Jalen Smith had 14 out of your starting lineup, okay? If you throw Benedict Matherin in the same role that Chris Duarte is playing, he's probably getting a lot less attempts Definitely. knowing that he's got to share the basketball with Buddy Heald, with Halliburton, okay? So that is the benefit of bringing Matherin off the bench right now is it's kind of like, okay, let's go. We're, we're rocking and rolling with you. Let's get us going. You got TJ McConnell who's going to set the offense up and he's going to make it easier for you. You know, you're you're hoping to have some outside shooting there with Brissett and Neesmith, and you got a lob threat there with Isaiah Jackson, or, you know, you got another big with you and Goga. So it's kind of like, this is your unit to run, but when you're playing with Buddy, when we kind of saw this when Matherin was in, the, in at the end there, right, he really was just kind of standing over in the corner, not touching the ball, right? Yeah. So that is why I'm like, okay, I understand we want him to start, but I don't think it should be over Duarte. I think when he does start, it's got to be for Buddy. I think so, um, Because you want those attempts that Buddy's getting to go to Matherin. Uh, they ended up pretty much having the same amount of attempts. Yep. Buddy with 15, or excuse me, 16, Matherin with 15. So neck and neck right there. But that's why I'm like, that storyline of, oh, should should Matherin be in the starting lineup? Maybe Duarte comes out. Well, it's like, yeah. I don't think the shot attempts are going to be there for him if he's in the starting unit like they are in the second unit because he's more of the focal point, Fudge. No, you're 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 definitely right on that. But, man, I just feel like Duarte's too talented to just be like that fifth option that's not really being right. featured. And, and it's not to say that he's going to be behind Terry Taylor in, in the starting five for, for now if Miles is out or anything like that. But if Turner's in there, I mean, where is Duarte getting any more touches? You know, it, it makes it that much tougher. But – Overall, Buddy, 6 of 16. Alex, at one point, he was 4 of 5 in mm -hmm. the game. So, Buddy was just a really cold second half. Ironically, led the Pacers in rebounding. That's something that if that's going to be <laughs> on a nightly basis, we're, we're going to struggle a lot. So, I, I don't expect that to stick. But overall, I mean, let's talk about some other guys on the bench because they did not do the Pacers really any favors outside of Ben Matherin. Aaron Neesmith, look, we know he's battling plantar fascia, but one of eight 
from the field tonight. I believe he was one of eight the last time he played in preseason. So right over there, eh, he it just just didn't look great offensively. And also O'Shea Brissett. We saw O'Shea come in early, which was great. It was not like what we saw in preseason. But he's another guy who struggled. Just one of four. He was actually minus eight in the game, while Neesmith at least resulted in, in, in a plus five. So overall, I mean, that was the tough performance because you really needed a little bit more from the bench outside of Matherin. Unfortunately, no one really delivered that tonight. No, I, I agree with you. You know, Neesmith, it's just like, you're really rooting for this kid because you believe in his potential, right? I thought he looked really good defensively, Flatchy. Yeah. That is one thing I think that, that Carlisle is going to love about him is just his size. Because, like, when they were switching and stuff, like, he just looked so much bigger than than a Duarte even at times, in my opinion, just because of his arms. They're just so much uh, – he's just got so much more muscle on him. But, you know, that that to me is just like, okay – uh, the shooting is going to eventually come, you would hope, right? One of five is not good. But uh, other other than that, you know, I, I think O'Shea Brissett, he's just been a talking point for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, and I agree. Gets 14 minutes tonight, probably trying to figure out what his role is with that second unit. He's another guy that's just trying to figure himself out with this team right now. So I don't put too much stock into the the first game. I just... I like seeing the bright spots, and I like seeing where this team can grow. But other than that, Fachi, did you have any other notes from this game before we get into some of our questions from our fans? Yeah, I did. Uh, Played well in the preseason. We didn't know what that would mean for the regular season yet. But in the first game, Andrew Nemhard does not log a second over there. Did that surprise you? Did you think, hey, you know what, it's game one. I wouldn't expect him to get in. Did you think maybe he'd get a couple minutes? I thought he might get Brissett's minutes, to be honest with you. Uh, but I understand why. I mean, the Wizards are a pretty big team. So they got a lot of wings on their team or forwards on their team. So Nimhard, he's not a small guy, but, you know, they're going to play McConnell. They're going to play Halliburton. Halliburton logged 36 minutes tonight. So don't know if that's going to be the norm. It, it appeared that Rick said he didn't want to play him exactly. too many minutes. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're they're revving him up to, to play 36 minutes a game for like the first half of the season and they'll kind of – take them down once they finish the the second half of the season trying to continue to lose games. But other than that, McConnell only played 17 minutes, Fachi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought McConnell looked fine in those 17 minutes. He wasn't great, but he was he was he was McConnell, right? So he, yeah. he just kind of was a steady hand out there. I, I don't really have a problem with Nimhard not getting minutes right now. I think we were kind of expecting that. Uh it would be difficult for him to get into the rotation a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I think moving forward, if you feel like you need another offensive connector out there, you do it. But, you know, on paper, right, Bursett and Neesmith, these are supposed to be wing players that can knock down the three shot. Uh, and that's where Nimhard is not really known for. Like, he uh, shot the ball good in one game in preseason, but the other ones he was bad. So I think small sample size there. I think they like him a lot. But at this point right now, not super surprised, but... I think moving forward, it would not surprise me if he does crack that rotation, even if it's just similar to what Goga got, like 10 minutes a game. Yeah, look, it's not to say that it needs to be a feel-good story or anything, but I, I did think Neymar could have logged a couple of minutes, but this ended up being a game that got really close down the stretch, so I, I get it. Maybe, uh, like just like we talked about, a couple less minutes for, for Tyrese Halliburton, maybe instead of 36, maybe he's playing like 32, and... You know, you find a couple minutes here or there for Nimhard, and I'm sure in games that are, you know, not to say blowouts, but games that are decided earlier, 
you probably do see Nemhard a bit more. So, you know, something like a James Johnson or Kendall Brown, that didn't surprise me at all. But overall, I, I do think moving forward with a, a healthier Turner, you're not seeing Goga. You'll probably end up seeing less minutes for Brissett overall, I would say. Terry Taylor getting the 24 minutes, you know, I don't know what that drops down to, but it'll be interesting to see. But I would say those are probably my last talking points. Other than, uh, you know, just another point where, where Turner was missed. Look, they talked about Turner working on his post game. Everything. It would have been great to see that tonight because in the first half, Pacers were 6 of 20 in the paint. It was just, mm. if it wasn't coming from a three or a jumper, it just wasn't happening at all. So I, I really do look forward to seeing some sort of update on Turner and that, and that ankle. Yeah, I, I think with the Pacers not having a, a down low threat at all, it is going to make their offense a little bit more predictable, easier to guard. Uh, you're just going to have to really pack in on the perimeter if you're the opposing team and just kind of hope that they don't get into the paint too quickly. Uh, you know, Matherin's going to be someone that's good at that. But other than that, I just don't really see anybody on this team that's going to be a, a threat down low, similar to what Sabonis was for us last year, right? Like he just put so much pressure at the rim that it created open three-point shots. We just didn't have the three-point shooters last year before we traded him and got all these shooters. So it's just kind of funny to look at how the team is built now. Uh, they got the shooting they didn't have. They just don't have that low post threat they need. And it's uh, I think Jalen Smith had a nice basket in that, I think it was the fourth quarter, I can't remember, where, where Matherin had a nice little bounce pass to him. Mm-hmm. And he had a quick little you know post shot there real quick. That's the kind of download stuff you're probably going to see mostly, if not a lob threat dunk in, in uh, Isaiah Jackson off the roll with an alley-oop. But uh, yeah, good points there. And I'll say my last thing real quick to kind of put a bow on this before we get into the questions was I love seeing Rick Carlisle get a technical foul in the first game. Oh, yeah. Uh, fighting for his rook because clearly Matherin was fouled by Bradley Beal on that play. But of course, we have to watch the Scott Foster show tonight, which is just one of my favorite things to see. Uh, they don't give him the call. And of course, it's part of that rookie versus veteran type thing. You got to earn your respect, which I think is the dumbest thing ever. But uh, Bill clearly fouled him. Pacers didn't get the call, and I love that Carlisle stood up for his rookie and showed that he had his back. And that, that to me, is something that is is huge to see, especially when you're talking about a team that's probably not going to win very many games. Oh, the players will definitely appreciate that. You know, it, it's just you got to know that your coach has your back. Uh, one last thing I just thought of. Um, Go for yeah, it. We, we know how Matherin is, is so competitive and everything like that. And right when the game ends, I saw like Matherin has this look where he looks just like a little, you know, a little let down or frustrated or whatever. And they say like, Kyle Kuzma tries to like grab him by the hip and tell him something. You know, Matherin's definitely like, dude, get out of here. Like, you know, like we, we lost like a year. Potential all star Kyle Kuzma. Exactly. Yeah. Like when I heard that, I was come like, on. ah, come on, Chris. I love you. But, you know, Kuzma ain't making the all star game. Also, there was one line, and like, I'm not going to do a, a Denary impression, but. Basically, uh, Halliburton has this awesome fake that he does on Will Barton and ends up taking it to the rim. And uh, Denary's like, ooh, was that a hezzy, Quinn? And I was like, just, just stop. You know, <laughs> just like, oh, my God. Like, it, it was great. But uh, oh, we love it. Oh, man. It was definitely entertaining. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, let's kind of go through these questions fast. Let's kind of make them like a rapid-fire thing. Uh, don't want to over-talk these questions here, Fachi, because I know uh, we don't want to talk for an hour with this post-game podcast, but I uh, wanted to get our, our opinions from our from our faithful listeners. So we'll start with Pacer Faithful. They said, what is the biggest re- overreaction to game one? Probably Chris Duarte. Uh, I think he was just so quiet that all of a sudden, I mean, someone, I can't remember who it was, was in my mentions, like, man, I really hope he doesn't end up being Brandon Rush 2.0. And I was like, whoa, man, like, let's back up. Like, that's it's one game this year. Like, he's coming off of a really good rookie season. Let him be. He was quiet tonight. He'll get better from here. The biggest rea- overreaction to game one for me is Benedict Matherin is a front runner for rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, he looked really good. I don't know if he checked around the league, but Paolo looked good. Dropped 27 tonight. Paolo dropping 27 all of a sudden is like, whoa, man. Jaden Ivey looked good also. Uh, Paolo, first overall pick and as a starter, Matherin coming off the bench right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And definitely didn't have the same opportunities, in my opinion, as Paolo. No, and look, if the first overall pick isn't one of the front runners for rookie of the year, and something fishy's going on because you know, Paul, very good player, but where we got Matherin at sixth, you gotta feel good about it. Just to uh also Jade Nivey, 19 points tonight, so shot eight of fifteen and in a win for the Pistons. So it just shows the league is in good hands. Ab- absolutely. Let's move on. Anthony Childress said. Whose spot do you think Matherin will take in the starting lineup? Hilde or Duarte? And just like you said, you made a great point. It's got to be Buddy because you don't want Matherin to have his role minimized and be the fourth or fifth option in that starting unit or any anything of that. So it's not to say he's going to be the fifth or the, you know even fourth, but it just felt like he's a true alpha on that bench unit. But Buddy Hield can also be getting ten to fifteen shots in that starting unit, you know, right next to him. If Duarte is going to sacrifice, it's just like, ah, math. Uh, Buddy's got to be the guy to go to the second unit. Totally agree there, Fachi. Not going to overtalk that. Let's move on. This one comes from Aaron. She said, do you think Andrew Nimard should be getting playing time? As much as I like McConnell, he doesn't make threes, and I think we should be playing the younger guys more. There will be a time where we are playing the younger guys more. And even then, I mean, really, to be honest, Nimhart and Kendall Brown are the only younger guys that didn't get to play. So, 
I do think there will be times, you know, maybe now, every now and then, McConnell could maybe get a rest or or it, it, towards a blowout. Nemhard's getting in there. They kind of pull some of the you know the older guys like McConnell. But for now, this was a, this was a close game. So I understand uh, Nemhard not playing. Yeah, his time will come. It, it's it will. one of those things where it's like we're all excited to see these rookies play, and we've been talking a lot about Nemhard in preseason. But that is why we always say it's just the preseason, right? Because okay. we understand w- what this team thinks of TJ McConnell, how much they value him. So uh would not anticipate those minutes going any uh any other place but McConnell right now with that backup point guard, but would not be surprised if they play together some moving forward. And depending upon the matchup, Flatch, I think that is huge too. So uh Jake X line said, is every game this year going to look like this? Fun to watch and lose? Sign me up. You can make an argument that this is exactly what some Pacer fans asked for. They said, give me a close loss. That's what a lot of them said. And this was exactly that. And you know what? I ended up having a pretty good time towards the end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I agree with that, Fachi. It's uh, it's always fun to watch a team be competitive, right? But at the, ultim- uh, at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is to lose games. So I guess we got ourselves a... Uh, Wimbenyama check mark tonight, right? For uh, taking that L in a close game. So, uh, let's keep it moving. The Ty Romine said, Which player combinations intrigued you guys the most night one? And who do you guys want to see more of on the court together besides Miles with everyone? I mean, Matherin and Halbert, it, it was nice to really see them together. It just felt like seeing them was like it felt like a Batman and Robin, Robin type situation where, like, oh yeah, like these two, these can be a duo for years to come. At one point, they were combined for. 20 of the Pacers' uh, first 25 points in the game. I loved it. Yeah, I agree with you there, Fachi. I think I'm going to go with uh, both Halliburton and Matherin. And I think, you know, one one lineup I would have been kind of curious to see would have been if Chris Duarte could have been in there for Buddy Heal just for defensive yep. purposes uh, down the stretch just to kind of see what that core would look like with Neesmith and, and Duarte being your two better wing defenders and Matherin's got the size, right? Uh, you know, Matherin's obviously a ways away from being a good defender. So with that being said, I mean, they had Duarte out there instead of Neesmith, and then he got that bloody nose like you talked about. So, you know, Neesmith, uh, he's an interesting player. You know I'm higher on him than you are probably right now. But, you know, I would have actually kind of enjoyed seeing maybe Terry Taylor at the five. They wanted to go really small. But, uh, you know, I think Jalen Smith earned those minutes. But other than that, um, yeah, I thought that was probably the, the two answers for that. This one comes from at seven underscore Spencer underscore seven. Very similar to Aaron. He said, what would you guys think of Nimhart getting the majority of TJ's minutes? And kind of just reiterate that. Don't really think it's going to happen. Yeah, I I, I want to say, and I almost thought a couple people had the same Twitter accounts because it felt like it was copy and paste. We got that question like three or four times. Um, it's not going to happen. McConnell brings a lot of great stuff to the table. Also, McConnell had a lot of near steals in this game. There was a lot of, especially in the first half, that he was super close to coming up with the ball. So um, overall, uh, McConnell has earned his minutes over here. Could could the minutes come down as the season goes on and more minutes for Nemhard? Absolutely. This one comes from Brett Olds. He said, whose performance gave you the most potential worry? I mean, I, I won't say Duarte because there was only three shots. Neesmith, I mean. Yeah. Put it out there. One one of eight didn't shoot the ball well the last time we saw him either. And we know he's got an injury right now. Did we rush him back? I don't know. I mean, I just felt like for a guy who's known for shooting, we got to see it that first preseason game, but didn't look good in summer league. 
Didn't look good here. It's it, it's going to take a little bit, and I want to believe more. But for tonight, I was a little bit worried with his performance. Yeah, uh, just to be a little bit different than you, I'm going to go with Isaiah Jackson for tonight's game. Mm-hmm. Kind of surprised. He didn't have any fouls, right? But, you know, Gogo was playing over him at certain spots there. I don't know if it was based on the matchup or what was going on there, but that was a little bit surprising to me. Him only playing 16 minutes, going one of three from the field with just three points. So, you know, we saw Isaiah Jackson play about 20 to 25 minutes in the preseason every night. So not sure why Gogo was getting more minutes there. But with that being said, I'll give Carlisle the benefit of the doubt. But you're right. I think Neesmith, the shooting is a little bit worrisome, Fachi. And that's something that he struggled with in Boston. And it's like, okay, this guy shot really great at Vanderbilt. That He played 14 games, shot lights out. Everybody thinks he's going to be this lights out shooter. Shot 37% his rookie season. It's just game one. But I, I just hope, number one, he can get his foot completely healthy. I, I think he looked fine out there tonight. Didn't look like there was any problems with it. But two, he's just got to get in the rhythm and find that shot. And maybe tonight was just a little bit of rust. Yeah, I think that was probably the case. And, and I hope I hope that is the case. I hope the foot is doing well. I want to make sure that we're not overdoing it because can't have his team already breaking down with injuries between Turner's you know, ankle, Neesmith's foot. You know, we don't need any more. And, and I'm going to throw it out there. For, for the rest of you that saw when Daniel Tice got introduced tonight, there was a serious hobble uh, from him. And, and I know they're giving him rest. I don't know if he had anything going on with his knee or not, but I'm like, I just don't think we're going to see Tice anytime soon. It's not like we were counting on it, but just seeing him actually move around in a Pacers jersey, I went, ah, oh, this guy's not hitting the court anytime soon. Now, here's a question. If he's healthy, does he start tonight? Uh it would have been interesting. I don't I don't think Wouldn't so. That surprise me. It, it would I mean he he is definitely in terms of his experience at the center position, definitely had more experience than what we're working with over here. But I'm really curious if the Pacers actually ever intend to play him. I I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he looks pretty happy making a lot of money not having to play. But uh let's move on. Mikey O said, based on how they played today, how quickly till you think Rick switches Benedict with Duarte in the starting five? This is definitely going to be the storyline. I mean, it, it really is. Matherin being a plus nine, it led the team. He was really good out there. But I don't think that move is going to happen yet, just like we talked about. He was featured. In that second unit, he had six more shots than anyone else off the bench tonight. Played more minutes than anyone else off the bench. He was, you know, he was the alpha of the, the second unit. Yeah, like I said earlier, I, I just think it makes a lot of sense to keep them where they're at right now until the Buddy Heald uh, deal happens. And until Buddy Heald is traded, you just kind of keep rolling with it the way it happens. Someone asked me how many games tonight, Fachi, on a text until Matherin's starting. I said 25 to 30 games is my guess. I, I initially, I think I randomly, I, I don't remember, we were going through the schedule, whatever it was, I, I came down to 20 to 25 games as well, where it was like, I just think that if they're going to make a move, it's more like there's like a seven-game road trip that the Pacers have. You know, after that, maybe yeah. they, they make a change. But even that is a while from now. So, overall, Matherin ends up playing 28 minutes, third most on the Pacers. So, everyone, I get it. Yes, he's not a starter, but he ain't chopped liver here. No. Uh, this one comes from Cynthia. She said, going prior to the game, injury report situation, what's your thoughts on Miles being out tonight, which we kind of already talked about at the beginning, but – any other things you want to bring up on Miles, Fudge? No, just, hey, get, get well soon. I don't want to be, you know, 
kicking someone while they're down. I, I know it was a freak accident. She's very unfortunate because, you know, everything we talked about, the, the best ability is availability. And unfortunately, night one, couldn't get him out there. Yeah, this is one of those players you're going to have to wrap him in bubble wrap, Fachi. Uh, I hate to say it, but, you know, he's kind of like a, a glass doll. If you, if you drop it, it's going to break. It's very easily breakable. And I just feel like Turner has the worst luck with feet injuries. So, you know, the Pacers obviously could trade him, right? And if they trade him, they want his value to be as high as it can. And starting it out with an injury, that's not going to help. So nobody likes talking about that in terms of, you know, Miles being an asset. You know, you feel bad for the player. Um, but, yeah, so anywho, I, I will just say moving forward, you hope Miles' injury is very minor. It's not something that keeps him out for multiple weeks. Um, but with that being said, that's also going to give you more time to develop young guys. It's also going to help you probably lose some games that might have been winnable at, at this point in the season, find you with a weaker schedule uh, here in the first three games. So, Maybe it is kind of a blessing in disguise in terms of the Wimbenyama sweepstakes, but don't want to be insensitive to Miles' injury because, you know, we we want Miles to have a good year. We want him to get that payday that he is well, you know, he deserves, right? So it's hard to tiptoe that line, but you kind of have to look at it from both sides. Oh, no doubt. Look, I would love for Turner to get paid as much money, wherever it is, uh, obviously, for the Pacers, and we're not ready to compete yet, then, hey, maybe don't break the bank. But if Turner can get a bag somewhere else, remain healthy, have a career year this year, I will always be rooting for him regardless if you're on the Pacers or if you're not. Yeah. Same goes for, for every other player that's played for us. Always hold a, a soft spot for, you know, the Thaddeus Youngs, the, the Boyan Bogdanoviches, all the way down to the Alizé Johnsons. When you're a Pacer, you're a Pacer for life. So I want to see him get, get healthy ASAP and continue to flourish. Yeah, absolutely. So – Jason Reggie asked us a similar question about Matherin uh, taking Duarte's spot, so we'll keep it moving here. So don't want to ignore your question, Jason, but we already answered it. Uh, Brian said, should we bet hard on a parlay with Tyrese Halliburton getting most improved and Ben Matherin getting rookie of the year? <laughs> I'm sure that would be quite the payout. <laughs> it would. Uh, I mean, look, on, on a day like tonight, I mean, you can't say these guys aren't in conversation for that. So. It was a great night one towards that parlay, but you might not want to write that check just yet. <laughs> Absolutely, Fachi. Uh, Derek Boots asked a similar question to ones we've gotten earlier talking about Nim Hartake and McConnell's minutes, so we won't revisit that question. Playoff Paul George just said, let's go. So, uh, you know, he left off the Pacers there, Fachi, but it's, it's good to see that Playoff Paul George is still hanging around to see what the Pacers are doing. But next question here comes from King. Uh, GZC261 on Twitter. They said, why did Rick use the super small lineup all night? It, we definitely were at a disadvantage height-wise. I mean, to be honest, unless you were really going to get James Johnson out there, I mean, there really wasn't that many bigs that you had. I mean, you had Goga, you had Isaiah Jackson, but overall, I mean, anytime you're, you're dealing with a Christoph Porzingis at 7-3, it, it's going to be tough. The Wizards had a lengthy lineup, and I think the Pacers just couldn't quite compete with it when, you know, you're looking at, like I said before, Buddy Heald, Lettuce, and rebounding. Other than that, I mean, you had Jalen Smith at eight, and then there's a major drop-off rebounding-wise, Benedict Matherin at seven. Other than that, no one crossed four. So the Pacers just really struggled. They got crushed in the paint. 
I, I don't know what more they could have really done size wise that would have been effective tonight. No, I completely agree, Flashy. I think with the small lineup, it, it just gives you a little bit more versatility. Your best players are probably, you know, your guards, and that's why you go smaller. Uh, you know, Rick was probably trying different lineups out too to see what he has, see what this looks like. And, you know, there's definitely times I think Washington just looked way bigger than them at points, right? Yeah. But you try to counter that with going a little bit smaller. Maybe you can take somebody off the dribble. Like we know Kristaps is not going to be able to guard someone in space super well, so – Maybe they were trying to play that card as well on the opposite end of the floor where they're a little bit more stronger on offense. But yeah, I think overall it was just one of those things. Uh, you just didn't, your your bigs were not great tonight. Let's be honest. So, uh, you know, Terry Taylor's not really that big. So uh, the guys that are playing big minutes, Isaiah Jackson, Goga, and Jalen Smith. You, you play Jalen Smith the most because he was the best of the three, but the other two were not great tonight. So that is that. But the last question here comes from basketball, John Fachi. He said, does it strike you guys that Matherin always scores exactly nine point, 19 points? Hey, it seems to be his comfort zone. I mean, he averaged, it was like 19.7 in the preseason. And, you know, I think he averaged about 19 in summer league. That's The man feels comfortable right around there. But you know what? I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to say, hey, why not just give us 20 when you're already looking real good out there giving us 19. So the man keeps it consistent. Absolutely, Fachi. So there you guys have it. That's our post-game reaction. If you liked the post-game reaction podcast, let us know on social media. Uh, give us a five-star rating and review here on the podcast that you're listening to this on, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Google, wherever you get your podcast, leave us a five-star rating and review. We would love to do these more often if it's something you guys are interested in us doing. But with that being said, Fachi, let the people know where they can find us out on social media. Absolutely. So you could find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You could find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You could find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at setting the pace. You can find us on TikTok at setting the pace. And Alex, tell them where they could check us out on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash setting the pace, a Pacers podcast. Check out all of our content there on the YouTube page. And if you haven't already, subscribe to my uh, article that'll be coming out. Uh, well, we'll see. Maybe once a week, maybe twice a week, depending on how I'm feeling. But it is a Substack, the blue and gold, and I will have a link to that on my Twitter bio at Alex Golden Bay. Like Fachi said, if you guys want to subscribe to that, it'll come right to your uh, inbox on your email, so you don't have to go look for the article and you can just read it there. But with that being said, Fachi, if you're excited to see Benedict Matherin and Tyrese Halliburton flourish together as the young backcourt duo of this Pacers team, then say these three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Mm-hmm.